This episode of The Spiritually Sassy Show was brought to you by Higher Dose. Elevate your mood, promote a healthy glow, support long-term health benefits, and lift your spirit with Higher Dose's at-home wellness tools that use nature-inspired technologies to release a dose of your feel-good chemicals like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins naturally. Higher Dose's infrared, PEMF, and red light devices elevate your health and beauty rituals while their collection of body products boosts the benefits so you feel more rejuvenated, refreshed, grounded, and glowing. Ready to test the best biohacking technologies and feel better daily? Visit higherdose.com and enter the code SAW15 to save 15% on your first order. That's higherdose.com and enter the code SAH15 to save 15% on your first order and prepare to get high on your own supply. And now, on to the show. What's up, my darlings? Welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. I'm so grateful you're here. Yes, honey, we are here. We are alive. Another day, another opportunity for us to do our best. Yes. Listen. Hi. If you're a first-time listener, Hi, honey. Welcome to the Spiritually Sassy Show. And listen, for everyone, first time or the people who have been here from the beginning, we need your help to keep the momentum of the podcast going. Please, if you love the show, rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your community. All right? Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Okay, let's talk about today's guest, which I'm so freaking honored to have him on. I'm like, literally, thank you for paving the way. Thank you for doing this incredible work that you do all around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing us what's possible. All right. His name is Gurudev Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. He's recognized globally as a spiritual leader, humanitarian, and peacemaker. Gurudev has created trauma relief and meditation programs for at-risk youth, war veterans, prisoners, and survivors of disaster. He has touched the lives of more than 450 million people around the world, including heads of state and world leaders. Through teaching powerful breathwork and meditation practices to alleviate stress and anxiety and build resilience. He's also created the PRISM program, which is a rehabilitation program that aims to reduce offender receipt Recidivism. I can't pronounce the word. I'm going to say it again. Recidivism. By transforming the mindset, attitude, and behavior of offenders in an aim to break the cycle of violence in our societies from the root. The program has benefited over 800,000 inmates, correctional officers, and law enforcement staff in over 60 countries over the past 28 years. All right, get into the show. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. So the first question I ask every guest when they come into the show is, who are you right now? Absolutely wonderful question. This is the question I tell everyone to ask themselves. 
And when you find out who you are, then nothing remains unknown to you. You'll know everybody, everything, right, right away like that. Um, and it's a wonderful question not to be in a hurry to find an answer. Not to be in a hurry to find an answer for it. And anybody who knows will not give you the answer. And anyone who tries to answer these questions, they simply don't know. Okay, I love this. I love this angle. Thank you so much. <laughs> so it, it's the journey of a lifetime to discover who we really are and who are we. First, uh, you know, when you go with the question, who am I? Then you go with the negative uh, route, that is negation, the way of negating. I am not this, I am not this, I am not this. Mm -hmm. You know, am I my body? No, body is changing. In one year, our body is changing. Every cell in our body changes in one year. Am I the thoughts? No, thoughts do change. Am I the emotions? No. So when we go on negating all that we think we are, then we arrive at the truth in the last place. <laughs> <laughs> you find it in the last place. Mm -hmm. Correct. <laughs> I love that. Um, let me ask you about mental health because I feel like it's a it's a pandemic that not enough people are talking about. You know, it's a it's a global wide pandemic. You know, like devastating so many people's lives two sides to that question first um what can we do about it and two what do you think it's causing us to be in such turmoil internally the pandemic has thrown people off their uh, balance and you know it has pulled the carpet behind their feet because it has made the life completely in a disarray. So one has to come out of this uh, uh, trauma of the pandemic, which we never experienced in the world in such a big scale, such a big scale. <clears throat> but also we can make use of this moment as an opportunity to look within and do all those things which we could not do due to social obligations. The pandemic has put you to yourself in some way, cutting you off from all the busy quote-unquote activities that uh, human race has been pursuing. Mm -hmm. It has slowed down us in some way that we never expected. Mm -hmm. Once you're sitting and cribbing about it, which is in an obvious and inevitable condition, I would make this an opportunity to go within and learn more. This is the time to develop one's talents and, uh, you know, do some creative writings mm -hmm. and put focus on all those uh, innovative, creative things, number one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second thing, what you said about mental health issue is a big, big issue. <clears throat> mm -hmm. We have to see that our mind is strong. Through yoga and meditation, it has been proved. 
that one's immune system becomes stronger and uh, one becomes capable of resisting uh, illnesses. So we need to boost our immune system through proper food, some yoga, meditation and keep our mind strong and robust. Not get sucked into the gloomy atmosphere that we have created for ourselves around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love uh, that. It's important. Mental health is a very big issue today throughout the globe. And we need to take care of our mental health. Acknowledge, first of all, when we're not feeling good and depressed. Many times people go in a denial mode, you know. To acknowledge that you are not feeling well or good seems to be a taboo. So we have to get out of that, recognize and increase your life force, prana in you, what we call prana. Mm -hmm. You know, in Bali also they do a lot of pranayama and yoga and all that, Mm -hmm. where you are now. So through pranayama, yoga and kriya, sudarshan kriya, one can... Make one's mental health robust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's the 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 main thing you would say if if someone is like, I, I there's so many things I don't know where to start. What's one thing you would recommend for them to do? The first thing, or like the one thing that they could do to that would give them a little bit of clarity. Do some yoga stretches mm. and deep breathing. And meditation, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You talk about forgiveness. I was I was looking at one of your some of your famous quotes, and the word forgiveness came around a couple of times. And for me, in the show, it's a question that I ask every guest. And when I talk to someone, that, when I bring a guest on the show, and they don't talk about forgiveness on the path to healing, I cut the episode. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that I, uh, you know, our team was doing research. Um, you know, about your work and the things that you that you spoke about and forgiveness came up. So I was very happy to see that. So can you talk about the role of forgiveness in healing trauma, in, in healing our, our mind, in energizing our bodies, and just becoming better humans? I think it's a, such a misunderstood topic for people. Usually when you hear the word forgiveness, you think you are doing it for the betterment of the other person to be compassionate to others, to benefit the, uh, the culprit. Forgiveness is usually taken as a benefit to the culprit. I have a completely different view on that. You don't want your upper chamber, your mind, your uh, intellect to be robbed by someone who has not done good to you. When you don't forgive, you harbor all the grudge inside your mind and you don't feel good, you don't feel healthy. It affects your health badly. Mm -hmm. So you need to forgive others for your own sake to save your own mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Slogan, save your mind at all costs. (laughs) it's so true so forgiveness is to forgive others is really a gift to ourselves absolutely it is um, keeping yourself sane and healthy it helps you to be more vibrant happier 
and uh, you know robust mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is one thing second is i would say why you can't forgive somebody because you think they are not good they are culprits of an unjust action i would like you to see little beyond the perceived um, cause of their bad action what is the cause of their bad action why someone is a culprit mm. it's because they are selfish number 1 they are insensitive number 2 they don't realize how much hurt they have caused you number 4 utter ignorance of uh, themselves and their own spirit they didn't know what they are doing they did you know we have taught in uh, prisons alone the world mm-hmm. more than 800000 prisoners have undergone our this sudarshan kriya sky practices mm-hmm. it has brought such a big change in their lives you know you would see mm, that uh, those people whom we have condemned as criminals they do have a heart and they became so or they did whatever they did due to circumstances or lack of awareness lack of proper education or opportunity mm-hmm. so you will find every culprit is a victim himself or herself so when we can recognize inside every culprit there is a victim crying for help forgiveness becomes an easy thing for you you don't need to force the forgiveness you will have better understanding about the person mm-hmm. and the cause of their ill action mm-hmm. 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 so beautiful oh my goodness if you can tell over here i'm like yes <laughs> um do you believe that every single human being is innately good in the heart absolutely. of hearts absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely without any doubt without an iota of doubt because mm-hmm. every child has come into this planet or come as a beautiful joyful loving happy babies mm-hmm. and due to lack of proper education or bringing up or environment they became what they are mm-hmm. so we should see that uh, light in everyone mm-hmm. somewhere it is hiding somewhere it is more obvious yeah exactly i love that and i think when we um you know i've 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 said this out loud uh, multiple times that we are all innately good you know my trainees in buddhist psychology and you know this innate goodness that we have is it's very big in 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 what we studying in buddhism so i love that you said that and you you stand ground for that because i think when we enter the world and we see everybody as you know as ramdas has said like god in drag or buddha in drag everyone as a buddha it changes the whole i know that when i'm feeling anxious or 
or or angry or or annoyed at a at a at a gathering with or there's you know people there or just perhaps just a couple people there and I immediately switch that narrative and I look at anyone around me and I say you're you're God in drag you're Buddha in drag you're Buddha in drag it immediately changes now there's an opportunity to learn and to be inspired and to relate from this plane of awareness um, so thank you for speaking to that I want to ask you about happiness. What does it mean to be happy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Touched, uh, has, happiness has not left anyone untouched. Mm. Everyone knows what is happiness. So you don't need to define when you know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see? Now, the thing is how to discover that, how to discover true happiness. And even if you have discovered how to maintain it, mm-hmm. you know, happiness grows when you share with everybody. Mm-hmm. When you share, caring and sharing makes the happiness grow, number one. Second is, you have to keep your mind free from stress. And, uh, yeah, stress and tension. If mind is free from stress and tension in its natural form, what you exhibit or your consciousness exhibits is happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard you say that to live a happy life, it should, I'm paraphrasing something I read um, from you and I heard, to live a genuinely happy life, we have to be of service to others. Can you speak to the role of service? Because oftentimes I hear... Um, you know, people are like, oh, what about me, my pain, my trauma, my dreams, my life, me, 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 me. And when I when I say to them, if you want to experience God, if you want to meet true happiness, like go be of service to others. And there's usually like resistance. So I would love to hear you speak to that. See, there are two kinds of happiness, John. Okay. One is the happiness which you get when you when you get something. As kids, you know, when you get some gifts, whether it's New Year gift, birthday gift, Christmas gift, and you have, you are unwrapping those gifts and you have, you feel a sense of elevation, a happiness. <clears throat> you get a lottery, you feel happy. And so you get the person, you get to meet a person whom you love a lot, you feel happy. So happiness, one type of happiness is when you get something. This is common, normal. This is an infant happiness. A mature happiness is that of a grandmother. You know, for Thanksgiving or for New Year, Christmas or for any festival, when children come back home, the grandmother is all there to make different dishes and um, she makes the whole menu and cooks so much food. Her joy is in feeding. Her joy, the grandfather, grandmother's joy is in giving. Mm. You know, so we must grow from the hap- happiness that we get from getting to the happiness of sharing and giving. And wow. that is a more mature happiness. And once one person knows about it, then they would not stop. Often we don't know how much uh, 
sharing can bring you satisfaction or elevation in life mm-hmm. people don't know but when they start doing it they simply love it yeah mm-hmm. i love this the simplicity and the the potency of this answer thank you so much that is like i'm i'm 100% sure the listener will be like oh i've been waiting for that definition <laughs> so thank you so much you know i want to talk to you about now kind of getting to more the the sort of esoteric philosophical topics um can we talk about non-duality and devotion can we be devotional and still practice non-duality or do we have to pick one or the other can we do both no no they are very they are complimented in fact that one two sides of the same coin what does devotion do devotion makes you very supple it refines your mind it sharpens your awareness it it elevates your consciousness to a level where you feel uh, very 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 refined you know in your feelings devotion is the finest of the feeling and from this finest of the feelings only you can recognize the oneness that is everywhere that is the non dual consciousness so to experience non dual the one consciousness which is in the entire planet as one big organism that we need to take our mind to that finest level of feeling mm. you know where uh, the strong i or identification of oneself mm-hmm. is uh, lost or is to the minimum Wow, that was deep. I'm so happy to hear. It. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my goodness. This was so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to hear from you, you if know, hmm? I, I would like to add something to this. Otherwise, you know, in the mentally you think like in physics we all know the whole world is just atoms, vibrations, molecules. Mm-hmm. There is no you, me, everything. We are all just atoms. Mm-hmm. it's all just an energy field this is what we know from physics <clears throat> but we know only here intellectually but do you experience it for that you had to go deep within for that you need to meditate for that this devotional aspect has to be kindled in mm. oneness can be felt only in devotion like a mother is devoted to the child you know the mother feels so one with the child if child is sick the mother feels sick that as though she is sick and uh, she is terribly worried about the child uh, you know more than the child itself mm-hmm. so that total connection or oneness can only happen uh, can only be felt as love you know as devotion in that in that level mm-hmm. so it is very important to be in not devotion to something or somebody to devotion as a very quality of our consciousness mm-hmm. it could be directed to anything but that uplifts our spirit uh, to experience the reality the truth that this whole universe is non dual one consciousness 
Yeah. So we're deeply interdependent. So we refine our, we, we refine to experience the, the unity consciousness, the Christ consciousness, the Krishna consciousness, whatever you call it, the Buddha, the Buddhahood, enlightenment mind, right? This non-dual state. We have to refine our devotion, practice devotion, and in that space, then you're going to experience, not intellectually, but experientially in the heart space. We'll be, words will lack. We won't have any words to. It's ineffable, that experience, right? Cool, I love that. Okay, so question to you. What set you on the path? Did you have a dark night of the soul? You know, I, I read often about the, the great mystics like you who've had this dark night of the soul or spontaneous awakening where all of a sudden, like, it just kind of, like, shifts. Did you have a dark night of the soul? Is that how you <laughs> you woke up to help other people? No disappointment. Usually people get into spiritual path when the, the relationship breaks down or they have some pro- trouble in the family or this and that. Some dark night, they feel so lost. None of that. I'm like this from the beginning, and I continue to be like this. Yeah. Okay. And when did you know that you were going to, like, help other people? Like, when was it this the kind of calling that just kind of was like, okay, well, when, that's... When I was very young, I used to say that. When I was very young, okay. I was ridiculed by people. I used to say I have family in U.S., in London, South America, and then... People would think I'm just um, telling lies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was really killed by my, by my mm-hmm. friends. And, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One last question. One last question. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for that. I want to ask you about um, mystical experiences. I think a lot of people in the spiritual path are kind of looking for that one moment where, you know, they have like the black Madonna or, you know, an apparition of some sort of um, celestial being to appear in their living room. And I usually, you know, say that it's not necessarily that. It it might happen just internally with your inner eye. Is there a mystical experience that you've had that... That you would you you can share that you would like to share with us. See, a whole life is full of mystical experience every day, every moment. But don't look for some dramatic experience in your life. Mm-hmm. All that you need to do is repose in yourself. When you repose, a whole new avenue opens in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it's wow with eyes closed and it's wow with eyes open. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowledge creates a sense of wow and awe experience within and outside. And it is ever new. Ever new. But every day it's new. So I wouldn't say you should hold on to some experiences of the past or no keep your slate clean it is very good very good thank you so much and the the goodbye question is what does it mean to be spiritually sassy to you because the name of the show is is 
the spiritually sassy show. So what does it mean to be spiritually sassy? Spiritually? Spiritually sassy. Sassy. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you sassy? Like a little attitude. <laughs> Still having an attitude. A little bit. Playful. Or playful. Okay. Playful. That's the word. That's how I've described. It's like, I feel like oftentimes on the spiritual path, people become very serious. They're not oh, laughing as much. Yeah. <laughs> people who are very serious, they have not yet boarded the spiritual plane. <laughs> they are just looking for, waiting waiting in the queue to get onto the spiritual plane. Once you are on it, you are fun. And you know that it's all fun. But take, don't take life too seriously and not take your spiritual life too seriously. Lighter you take the life, so lighter you will be in the spiritual path and you are light unto yourself. Okay. All yeah. the best. Wonderful. Thank you very much. That was beautiful definition. Thank you very much. Namaskar. Thank you. Namaskar. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Namaskar.